welcome again to the Wide World of Wargaming Age of Sigmar podcast. As always, we are your hosts, Alex, John, Garrett, and Jeremy. We have a lot to talk about tonight. We are going to be talking about the coronavirus pandemic and how this is going to be affecting tournaments and conventions across the United States as well as globally. In addition, we are also going to be talking about the Seraphon Battle Tome, the Saurus Knights, which are going to be lizards on lizards. So we got a lot of fun. Uh, as always, we are going to dive into our workbenches. Okay, so John, what is on your workbench today or this week? Hey, Alex, how's it going? Well, I tell you what, for uh, a fine, fine Tuesday that we're recording on here, I have had a little something special. You know, I was anticipating that uh, we were all going to be locked in our houses, so I've kind of stocked up. Uh, decided to try a new bourbon this week. So uh, I have a little something from the Stitzer and Weller Distillery. It is the Blade and Bow American Bourbon Whiskey. And what makes this one special is apparently the Stitzer and Weller Distillery actually went out of business. They actually uh, started out in 1935, went out of business in like the 60s, and then they were reestablished. And apparently the new version has taken casks of the bourbon from the original distillery and mixes it into the casks as they make new bourbon. So all of their current bourbons have a blend from casks from days of yore, 1930s and onward. So uh, that is a fine one. One other interesting thing about these guys is they have uh, these keys attached to their bottles, and there's five unique keys attached to their bottles. And when you manage to collect all five keys and can prove it with a photographic proof, you actually become a member of their exclusive blade and uh, bow key club, which then gets you, I think, a cool sweatshirt or something like that. We'll see what uh, what I end up getting with. Beyond that, on my workbench, you know, uh, I've been playing in this league that we might talk a little bit about leagues later, but uh, the league has ended. Uh, for me, the league ended short with the, so the quarantine that's happening in our local county, uh, three-week quarantine. And so I am missing out on my last two games, ended up finishing the league two and two. Uh, Mr. Jim Yee, which some people may know his name from 40K fame, uh, did end up winning the league with his Slanesh. And of course, in second place was Mr. James Porter, winner of the Winter War with his Iron Hands Big Wah. And then Mr. Eric Jensen with Ogres came in third. So all in all, it was uh, pretty good. Uh, I myself was supposed to play in a 40K tournament on Sunday. That unfortunately got canceled. I had a game night that was scheduled with some friends. That unfortunately got canceled. And so we're going to be talking about some of that kind of stuff as we get through the show. That is pretty much what's on my workbench. Oh, I, you know what? I forgot the most important part here. Let me pour that fine blade and bow. You know, it's a little bit darker spirit. You should see it rolling across my glass there. Mm, not bad. Um, a little bit of a smoky taste, maybe a little bit of a uh, kind of a fruity taste on the end. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, Garrett, how are you doing this week, my friend? Are you uh, surviving your first day of quarantine? Well, heck, you're a programmer that works at home anyways. Is it actually business as usual for you? Yeah, uh, my life has not really changed much at all. Uh, I work from home. So I wake up and I continue my day. And then probably the biggest change is that my wife is home now because she's now also working from home. But we've figured out to separate ourselves. She's taken <laughs> over the basement. I'm upstairs. We each take one dog so that we can get some work done. 
and yeah um and then uh, i was able to go on a walk with my wife at lunch which was actually kind of nice um don't have to do my walks alone anymore uh but otherwise yeah i don't really leave the house much even when i'm done working me and the wife kind of just chill at the house during the week probably the big change is that i don't get my once a week game in that i try to get in so uh, i've kind of locked myself in the house and i was able to get uh 60 dark shards built and so i'm about to start priming and painting all of them along with uh celestial huracanum and some other goody uh, city stuff that i've been working on for the last couple of weeks um but yeah no that's uh Things have been pretty normal for me. Um, not leaving the house once a week, I will probably start to go crazy. But we'll we'll see we'll see what happens come Friday. See if I I'm, we'll see you next week. See if I've made it through the week. Um, I mean, what, what you're saying is that you might you might I don't know grow a beard or something like uh, hang out with your dog all day. Like what what well, is the difference when you go crazy there, Garrett? <laughs> I. Uh, I, I, I might just have to start calling people randomly like, John, 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 what's up? Talk to me, John. John, let's do a hangout. John, let's do a hobby hangout. John, let's do things. And I'll start bothering people because I'll well, be lacking of massive face-to-face uh, attention. Yeah, but but Garrett, again, that that is what you just described is still a normal week. Like every week, you're like, "Hey, John, let's do a hobby hangout. Let's let's hang out. What are you doing? Is everybody on early? Let's just hop on. Let's say, hey, I'm on. Hey, everybody, I'm on the uh, Discord. Want to hang out on Discord? So yeah, nothing will change. Nothing will nothing change will at change. all. Oh, I love it. This will be great. Uh, Jeremy, how is the Pacific Northwest handling everything? Oh yeah. Uh... Great. We've closed down everything that's cool about Portland, which is uh, restaurants and bars. Like, literally, there's no reason to come here anymore. That's <laughs> the only two things it's got going. Uh, I'm kidding. Portland is a great <laughs> city. has many more things. Please don't kill me. Uh, and um, my, Name my, name one. Beautiful. Name I one that isn't much. a restaurant or a bar or a game store. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, sure, we'll go with that because that's not at all anywhere anywhere say, on the I would west. Say Jeremy's an indoor kid. <laughs> the so. dungeon of iniquity, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's for sure. The, belly, the my belly will tell you very much so. Um, no, it's it, it's handling it just fine. Uh, it, I'm more conscious. I think the entire approach here in the in the city has been uh, if you. If you don't have it, don't go out. If you do have it, don't go out just because we're just trying to minimize spread more more than anything else. But anyway, I mean, that's that's the whole point of this exercise. I do work for a company that lets me work from home, so that's great. Uh, I'm just worried about, you know, found, like my both my siblings, uh, one lives in Denver, one lives in New York. They're both uh, out of a job right now. Uh, they both One worked in retail and one worked in uh, restoration. So that's that's unfortunate news. But you know what? Like... I set up an Instacart account for uh, both of them. If they need to order some groceries uh, and, and have it directly charged to my card, you know, during this uh, downtime, uh, they got uh, it'll be a, they'll at least have that. And then uh, for what's on my actual workbench, uh, I'm drinking some 15 year old Glenlivet as well as a Guinness because oh. it is St. Patty's Day today for us recording. And what better way to celebrate St. Patty's Day with a Guinness? Um, and also, oh, I, I, I feel that I've, I've actually failed. I forgot it was St. Patrick's day. Uh, and now I'm just drinking some American whiskey. Ah, <laughs> man, I'm going to, I'm going to have to finish this off real quick and pour some Irish whiskey on the back of it. 
Yeah, come on, guys. That's the only French guy in this uh, crowd here. Uh, you know, how the hell do you forget about St. Patty's Day? Uh, especially well, since I mean, it is not, it's not a celebration the, celebrated anywhere else but America. <laughs> I mean, all the bars are closed. So St. Patrick, did it really happen? Like, it's kind of like if a tree falls in the woods and nobody's around. If St. Patrick's Day rolls around and there's not a single bar open, did it really happen? Yes, it did. Yes, it did. <laughs> Because there's a new trend at, uh, in the world right now during this quarantine section. Uh, yeah. Online drinking. So just video chats of people drinking together. <laughs> because that's how much we love drinking of other people. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. That's a thing? We can like, just do a Google Hangout and everybody just why, gets Why haven't we done this camera? Yet. Yes, basically. Basically, yeah. Uh, this is uh, amazing. I, I did ooh. bring my camera home from work in anticipation of doing something like that. It, it's it's just I miss uh, I, I miss having going to the bar and eavesdropping on people's stupid conversations. I love it's like my favorite thing of being at a bar. It's like eavesdropping. I'm a I'm a real like uh, asshole when it comes to that stuff. I really enjoy that. It gives me something to talk about when I walk back to the table with my beer. Like you guys should listen to these guys or or they're goddamn idiots. Uh, but no, seriously. Uh, oh, you're not the one that jumps in on the conversation randomly. Oh God, no! That's just rude. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and uh, on my work and my actual workbench, um, well, since the events we were going to kind of got canceled, I've spent the entire weekend painting up uh, the rest of my Caradon Overlords, and now they're kind of a pause because I kind of burnt myself out in the hobby this last weekend. Uh, um, and I was I was almost finished painting everything but my Ironclad, uh, which is you know exciting. I'm almost done with that army. But I'm already looking forward to the next project, uh, even though I'm going to play Caradon over probably most of the year. I'm just like, I'm just a glutton for pain. I hate painting, but I don't know why. I can't, I, I just hate going to an event without a fully painted army. So I'll do at least a bare minimum whenever I can. Um, but anyway, that's my workbench. Alex, how do you think of Pacific um, Northwest handling it's this? Uh, okay, quarantine? he says cautiously. Um, I, you know, it's hard to get toilet paper because that's a thing. Um, but besides that, uh, yeah, not. I mean, but were you re- were you really low on toilet paper before the panic happened? No, I mean, I don't know about I'm you, sure but I'm not I usually prepared. have a few weeks supply. Uh, I literally house anyway. uh, texted my fiance on Friday, uh, saying like, "Hey, can you go pick up some toilet paper? We're we're out. We have like one more roll left." And she went to like three different places, couldn't find anything. And we go to the convenience store across the street from our place, and we find some. And, uh, and we kind of like make a joke with the cashier. They're like, people are going insane. Like what the fuck is happening here? Um, so yeah, we're going to start going to, uh, the convenience store or like an H Mart, which is like a Korean market down the street for pretty much any other supplies that are like that. Um, uh, produce is incredibly cheap right now in our area because no one's buying produce. They're all buying, they all think that it's going to become fucking road warrior in two weeks. So they're, uh, they're all like stocking up and doomsday prepping. So, you know, when strawberries and blueberries are like two for $4, hell yeah, I'm going to take advantage of that. Um, that's incredibly cheap for those who oh, eat nice. fruits and vegetables. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, no one does. It's just it's, like, it's, it's just a side dish given to me when I go to a restaurant. Okay. And I pay for that. Anyway, <laughs> I know even my vegan friends eat like fake meat and stuff all the time. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Alex. No, we're, we're, we're continuing. We're continuing here. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, uh, no, it's, no, no, let's no, go no, down this rabbit hole. That. That's for the bonus <laughs> episode. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but, um, you know, a lot. You know what? I, I'm thinking since we're going to be home for the next three weeks, we might get like 20 might, bonus episodes. We might, and in, I got to actually uh, say, guys, when Jeremy so was know. mentioning uh, video <laughs> drinking, no, first of all, yes, we should absolutely be doing this. Second of all, I've already begun to do that with my fiance's family. They are doing, um, they're using the uh, Zoom like video chat app, and um, and they are doing uh, several times a week uh, happy hour, a family happy hour where we all have our drink of choice. We did it on Sunday. What? We, uh, my fiance and I made mojitos. And uh, yeah, we met with the family on a video conference and uh, and had a happy hour. So. Oh, can, can I join your family? I fully, well, you know, I'm like a lost, long lost cousin. I can do family but happy hour. We, well, you know, <laughs> then they don't know any better. Just say that your cousin. John, I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just, I just love the fact that like you'll, you guys call this happy hour family. Like in some, in some other families, that would be considered torture yeah. hour. Well, but you know, I'm go, saying please. it wouldn't be a bad idea for us to maybe have a video conference drinking sessions. I think that would be fun, given the current climate. Also, the, yeah. the, the point that you have, the point you have to remind us they're not quite your family yet means like only two things. Either you're looking forward to them being your family or B, you're like, I'm only doing this so I can get married to your lovely daughter. No, 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 no. It's, the former. It's, the former. it's <laughs> the former. It's the former. Don't get me in trouble here. Don't, 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 don't no. Yeah. Easy there, Jeremy. You, you hit the key in it. Actually, it's, it is the fact of not hanging out with your own family. Like that's why it sounded fun to me too. It's like, I would love to hang out with, uh, you know, Alex's uh, significant other's family. I'm not talking about happy hour with my family. How fucking miserable would that be? Oh my God. No. Somebody else's family though. That seems cool. That's That's not too far off. (laughs) Oh boy. Um, But yeah, we could definitely do a a Corsair happy hour. I think that would be pretty fun. Um, On my actual workbench, I actually have a couple of different things. None of them are hobby related because I've actually been done, like fully done with my hobby work as of last week for my current uh, OBR army. Um, So right now I'm kind of twiddling my thumbs, wondering what the fuck I'm going to do during this whole situation in terms of hobby stuff. But I have a nice Pendleton, uh, which is a uh, Pendleton uh, blended Canadian whiskey with me. And uh, I put it in two different beverages tonight because I know I was going to be here a while. One of which is, uh, uh, let's call it a, uh, instead of a Irish coffee, we'll call it a Canadian coffee then. Canadian iced coffee with some some Water Avenue coffee in the Pendleton, and then uh, I also have a toddy I attempted to make a ginger lemon turmeric toddy, which uh, ended up having maybe a little bit too much of the Canadianness in it. So uh, you know, it wasn't very toddy. It was mainly uh, lemony, gingery whiskey. But and what about uh, t- the turmeric t- t- part? Turmeric was uh, <laughs> was a little bit on top, a little splash on top. Yeah, was it okay? I was gonna say. I mean, does it no, enough to turn no, your lips orange? Not enough to slightly stain the 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 mug, but nothing too crazy. Um, yeah, interesting, yeah. interesting. That actually sounds pretty good. It's funny, actually, before recording tonight, 
Uh, I myself, you know, my uh, my programmer came back from Vietnam a couple weeks ago, and he brought some of that crazy uh, Vietnamese coffee with him mm. that uh, Jeremy and I were talking about last week. And so I did make myself a little uh, Vietnamese coffee, and then I topped it off with some uh, Swiss Miss, uh, Swiss whatever, Swiss Miss uh, cocoa mix with marshmallows, and it was uh, quite delicious. A little pick me up before recording, and of course, then I'm finishing it off with some whiskey. I I considered mixing the whiskey and the coffee together, but eh, you know. Oh, I'm a huge who fan does of that? that. That's terrible. <laughs> I know it's Irish coffee. <laughs> I know, it's that like it's my, my brunch drink. It's like literally. That is my tournament. Me. That is my tournament. Like early bird beverage of choice. If I can, I will. Ooh, if nice. I can, I will. <laughs> yes, exactly. you can. Jimmy drinking it. <laughs> and he always can. Can do, yeah. Alex. If, if, you, if you see me drinking a coffee in the morning of a tournament, there's a very solid chance that there's there's some happiness in that mug. Um, <laughs> I like the idea of can-do. That was actually my uh, unit when I was in the Army. Uh, we were the uh, the can-do cobras, so can-do. <laughs> well, we, uh, we do have a lot to talk about today, and one of which we've already talked about several times. And, you know, there are a lot of events right now that are completely canceled or rebooked or pushed out or postponed. And, of course, this is because of the current climate with uh, COVID-19, the coronavirus, and the pandemic that we're all experiencing as a global community. Um, this has definitely put a pretty big uh, stop to a lot of people's um, tournament progress throughout the year, event progress, and even to a large degree, just socializing overall, both wargaming or otherwise. A lot of socializing for me, for instance, happens at wargaming events or leagues or something of that nature. Um, John, can you tell me a little bit about how everything that, uh, that you know, with this whole pandemic crisis, uh, how has this affected your, uh, your, your gaming, your tournament calendar? Sure, sure. So, so uh, for those that don't know, uh, I live in Northern California, specifically in the San Francisco Bay Area, and my county, Santa Clara County, has uh, done a stay-in-place shelter through the first week of April. So that's next three weeks. We are indoors no matter what. In addition, they've limited uh, the size of gatherings. Uh, so for example, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I was supposed to go to a Warhammer tournament. Uh, this was sponsored by the High Lords of Terra podcast. It's a 40K competitive podcast, and they were going to run a little 40K tournament on Sunday. I like to support local events. Uh, was looking forward to breaking out my new Dark Angels, my Dark Angels Primaris army that I've been working on painting. But that event was completely canceled. Uh, as you guys know, I've been talking about my Age of Sigmar League night, and that's been a lot of fun. And of course, we've actually just ended the league early. Uh, and same thing is our regular Wednesday night gaming night not happening. Now, a lot of the gaming that I do is actually one-on-one -on -one gaming. Uh, even that, uh, not planning to go over to any friends' houses for at least a, a week or two. I'm sure by the third week of the quarantine, I'll be checking in with some of my friends down in the South Bay to see who wants to get their game on. And uh, unfortunately, the biggest thing on my mind as far as uh, canceled events, uh, and this is something I reached out to Jeremy and Alex uh, over the weekend about, was, you know, as you guys know, 
Uh, I was planning to head up to Portland this next weekend for the Rose City Wrath. This is a, an event that I look forward to. I went there last year, had a lot of fun, got to know some great people up there. Um, I booked my travel, booked my ticket and everything back in December. My wife took some time off. She was looking forward to going to this event as well. Unfortunately for me, um, what it turns out is I booked my travel so early that I'm actually outside of the window that'll get me any kind of refund on my travel. So, uh, unfortunately, and, and it's not normally what I do, but you know, last year when I went to the Rose city wrath, there was some problem with my travel. Uh, if you guys remember, I was on a business trip, stopped at the Rose city wrath on my way home. And because of some trouble with the ticket, the airplane ended up, um, upgrading me to first class for the last leg of my journey. Now, when I got home from that trip and was telling my wife about it, she was like, what? You traveled first class? I've never traveled first class before. And I go, hey, I've never traveled first class either. So when I booked our tickets to go up to the Rose City Raft this weekend, I thought I would splurge a little bit. And I booked actual first class tickets for my wife and I, figuring, ah, we're guaranteed to go. There's nothing going to get in the way. This is kind of a set event. Didn't think twice about it. So... Unfortunately, um, now, according to um, Alaska Airlines, I will get a credit that I can use sometime later in the year. So my actual intention, um, <clears throat> talking to Jeremy Strofe, uh, it looks like uh, he's looking to reschedule the Rose City Wrath, tentatively put for July 4th weekend, if you guys have been paying attention to things. And uh, I hopefully I'll be able to use my uh, airline tickets for that. If not... Then I'm going to use it them to travel up to go see T-Shift. And if not, I don't know. I will come bug Alex when he gets home from his honeymoon or something and find some reason <laughs> to come head up to the great Northwest and use those travel tickets before they're used up. So for me, uh, just at this point, no, it's funny. Uh, not ironically, we were actually going to stay at a hotel uh, up in Portland. And the room that I got was a special... Um, anti-allergen room that was with special HEPA air filters in the room. So even if we went up, I was feeling pretty good that we were going to be able to quarantine properly in a HEPA air filtered room for my wife and I, but uh, unfortunately travel is not happening. So for me, uh, that is the long and short of what is it? You know, I have some local events that were canceled, a 40K event, league night. And then the big thing for me is my travel plans for RCW all having to be reversed and luckily everybody's being super generous and and I'll be able to get some credit for my my tickets as far as that goes. So man, disappointing, but what can I say? How about you Garrett? Uh have you been uh missing out on anything? What's uh what's canceled in your area? I know you have a uh sort of a a bigger picture of travel to events and stuff that goes beyond your personal play. How does this affect you overall? Well, the biggest news of cancellations on my end is the cancellation of Adepticon, which probably everybody already knows about. Everybody's a lot of people are affected, probably many of our listeners. Um, so that is the largest thing that was coming up for me uh, that got canceled. Um, I was going to Adepticon to work the whole time. So. Uh, if I, I'm going to be honest, Adepticon being canceled is kind of like a work trip being canceled. And so I don't have to work anymore. <laughs> uh, I am truly sad that Adepticon gets canceled because, I mean, it is the, like, I believe, the largest wargaming convention in the country. And it's a lot of fun, a lot of great people. 
but like I don't have to work anymore that time. So I actually can just focus my efforts onto like programming and like doing other things that, so there's that. Um, so that's how it's affected me personally. Um, but other than that, the big thing is that literally every game store in the state has just closed. Like we're all bars are closed. All restaurants are closed. All the game stores are closed. We can't have gatherings of large groups of people. And so there's nowhere to play outside of people's homes and people are encouraged to restrict travel. And so basically the, my state, or at least my area has completely shut down. So I, I've basically had to just put a pause button on gaming altogether for now. Um, I know a lot of people have talked about hitting up tabletop simulator. Um, I have not tried it out enough to really want to go down that road. And honestly, I'm just using this as an excuse to maybe actually get some real painting done. Uh, Cause I've kind of yeah, taken paint a, your fucking models, right? Yeah. Rather than have my buddy paint them for me, maybe I'll get my own shit done. Uh, I have kind of, because, because I got my buddy to paint my Sylvaneth army for me, I haven't actually really painted minis since like pre Nova. So it's been like six months since I've actually sat down and like painted some models. Wow. Six months, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, prepping for LVO and my buddy painting my Sylvaneth for me, I kind of just stopped painting. Um, so I've, kind of excited to actually dig in and do some painting myself um yeah i think the last tournament i painted for was summer slaughter back in last july that was the last time i had to paint an army wow so yeah i'm just i'm just kind of um the big thing is that we actually had a lot of events coming up that are kind of in that weird period where nobody knows what the hell is going on uh like there's the forge hammer in end of April. Originally they said they were not planning on canceling it, but that was, you know, a week ago. And in that one week's time, things have changed drastically in our country. So the forge hammer is now, everyone's just kind of playing it by ear. Uh, James and I were looking to run our grudge hammer tournament in May. Uh, we don't really know what to say about that yet. Um, so there's, there's, there's a whole lot of, everything's kind of just shut down rescheduling is a weird thing because there are so many events planned for this year like june is full july is full august is full and then nova's around the corner and then we were already planning more events for september and so it's like there's kind of nowhere to put a gt if things have to cancel so it's kind of literally just everything is shut down and we're all kind of waiting to see what happens and it's probably going to be a lot of cancellations and refunds as opposed to reschedules out here so yeah not kind of not doing much in the hobby side outside of talking about it a lot now now we just get to focus on talking and painting wow so i get i i I, i'm probably going to go crazy not being able to actually practice what i preach uh, since I'm going to be talking a lot and then I can't play anything. And so I'm just going to be itching. Like when everything's done, I'm going to like play so much. I'm so eager to play already. And I can't. You guys, I'm going to play so much. I'm going to play so much. Guys. <laughs> this is going to be fucking insane. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. Like it's, it's kind of wild out here. Well, you know, kind of that same vein of thought. I hope, uh, in nine months, this uh, virus is gone because there's going to be a lot more births in America and I think the rest of the world. Uh, but dang. Uh, 
baby boomer 2020. Uh, let's see. Um, that that might be a thing. I mean, I was just thinking about all the games that, that we're going to be getting on in about three months because I guarantee everyone's going to be tired of playing with themselves by then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jer- Jeremy, I think my favorite one that I heard that was called is the Coronials. The Coronials, perfect. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, John, I, John, I can say it, after playing with yourself so much, it just it gets old. Wait, wait, so I, I got another one for you guys about the baby Zoomers. It's perfect, right? It's generationally <laughs> accurate, and also like you know, you know, an homage to uh, two generations ago or three generations ago. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> um, you're just you're just gonna perpetuate the cycle. I know, here. I know. I'm ter- I'm a terrible human being, and that's why I drink whiskey. Yeah, so for an early grave, so I'm doing you all a service. Uh, let's see. <laughs> I mean, all things more realistically, though. I mean, we're in in like the year 2036. There's actually going to be kids having this exact oh, conversation. Sure. Oh yeah, well you know my parents were stuck in that quarantine thing that happened. Blah blah blah. You know? <laughs> oh man, yes, exactly. Um, I wanted to talk about like the the cancellation of the events um, uh, from a different perspective. Uh, outside of like the limit, you know, the, the fact that. The government and local governments have taken steps to restrict, uh, you know, event gathering and so forth. But I, I do think uh, some events basically made made those decisions a little bit earlier before it needed to be. Like it was like you know they didn't wait for the government to necessarily make them, uh, you know, announce this, you know, cancel the everything. Uh, and I, I do want to give them a little bit of prop for basically giving enough time for folks to cancel their tickets and, uh, you know, and, and not be stuck with basically huge, um, you know, costs they can't recoup effectively. Because, uh, you know, as much as uh, I'm, I'm an overly, like, I, I guess, like, uh, I, I wouldn't say negative person, but I'm I'm literally worried that, like, by the time Rose City Raft comes back in a postponed period, Alaska Airlines might not even be around anymore, John. Uh, so, uh, I don't know how they'll survive, like the, like literally air travel dropping to almost a near zero, like, so for the next, uh, you know, month and whatever. So we'll see what ends up happening. But on a positive note though, um, I do say that like, this is the best time in my life to actually paint the like multitude of, you know, models i've been just kind of leftovers from my multiple different projects uh, even though i'm kind of burnt out on painting right now i'm like i'm seriously considering like finishing up like all these other like fire slayers i've just never touched on because i had figured the list i wanted to play and that's all that's all i was going to use them for um you know it, it would actually almost be embarrassing to finish up this quarantine and not have painted an army or yeah, so <laughs> yeah alex where's your next army come on get on that get on our level I don't fucking know what it's gonna be. Well, Alex isn't even gonna be able to go buy his next army. He he's, he has all this shit painted. So like, where, where's he gonna get the models to paint? <laughs> you want me to buy a bunch of fucking well, crawlers? I'm not gonna buy crawlers. Sh- I mean, I'll give you one for free. Uh, it's unpainted. Uh, it's yeah, giving a uh, giving some props to Garden Games. They'll still be open for purchase, like for their st- retail. Which you know, I, I plan on using because you know, obviously, they need the support as well, not just restaurants and bars. But like the, um, yeah, their gaming space is closed. Like you can still come in and buy stuff from them. Yeah, the Huzzah Hobbies out here—they just closed their gaming hall, but they still are open for retail. Yeah, and, and delivery and stuff still happens too. In fact, it's funny—I just actually set up 
uh, for snacks to be delivered to my house every couple of days for the next three weeks. It was uh, uh, very important to arrange that now. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, what about I mean, you delivery, or do you have enough stockpile to make it through this whole thing? Are you from so? Are you in like some whiskey club, John? That you get a regular delivery of whiskeys, or do you got enough stockpile? So I I should have enough of a stockpile. Like I said, I actually went to the store and, and bought a couple extra bottles. But but that that brings up a small small detail that I actually tried to join the whiskeys of the world club, which would have been awesome. They actually send you like a little case with a a vial that has two shots of like ten different whiskeys, and so you can have all these whiskeys delivered to you every quarter. But they don't ship to California. Oh, <laughs> I was like, part of the world, apparently <laughs> proof. California is not part of the world. That's right. Not part of the whiskeys of the world. <sighs> so frustrating. You know, on the other hand, like you were saying, Jeremy, there are like events that are still happening. I mean, as of this minute, for example, Kubla Khan and the BAO have not been canceled. They're uh, several weeks on the backside of the current quarantine. Now, that doesn't mean that they won't be quarantined or shut down before then. But I know the folks running KublaCon have already said that, hey, buy your tickets. And if it turns out the event isn't happening, then, you know, your tickets are automatically good for next year event, next year's event. Um, you won't get a refund? Al- uh, I mean, no, they're not offering a refund. They're saying your ticket will be good for next year. <laughs> I know, okay. I know. We'll see That's how that goes, but, but mind you, their position right now is that the event is happening. Mm. So the position is that the event happens. And that's the thing that we have to look at is, you know, things that are more than two months out are probably still being scheduled and things that are three and four months out have a high probability of still happening, you know? So like uh, the GK open this July shark weekend, the Nova open, I absolutely expect that the Nova open is still going to happen this year. Uh, yeah. For example, you know, so these are these are things we have to look forward to. I see this as more of a, a seasonal hiccup rather than, you know, the, the you know, like right now, the uh, the AOS standings have Matt Beasley in front, Hannah Eastman in second and Jarrett Zezueta in third and uh, poor Jeremy in 10th, Alex in 17th and and my good buddy Garrett in 247th. And I don't think that's how the season's going to end. So I, I'm nope. pretty sure that we're going to have uh, more competitive events before the end of the year. That's for sure. Yeah. I'm wondering if we're going to get an increase in density of events at the end of the year as people are like, you know what? We'll want, we want to make up for lost time and people are willing to go to like two GTs a month as opposed to one. And we'll actually get an uptick for make up for lost I, time. I, so I think you're right, Garrett, but we're going to get a reality that's, depending if like let's just like figuring out um uh the fact that like most people might not be employed (laughs) or hopefully are employed i don't know like i'm just taking the pessimistic approach i think we're not if we have a higher density of events it's going to be smaller player size because it's just going to be mostly locals i think we're going to we're going to face a reality where there's going to be less people willing like we're traveling especially by air by if there's any more increased density we'll see like this is the worst case scenario right let's that's uh, at least that's I, that's how I feel about it. Um, I I would like it to not be true because I I need to make up for last time. Like if we're losing West Coast GT and uh, and uh, Rose City Raf. Uh, now my nearest event is I think BAO basically at this point right now. So it would be nice to uh, make up for it at some point. Alex, what what's your take on this uh, entire shindig? 
Well, you know, I also agree. It is a huge bummer that Wet Coast has been canceled, and um, and that's been fully canceled. And then Rose City Wrath has, of course, been postponed. Um, Fourth of July weekend is kind of a tough sell for a lot of individuals. So I hope that Rose City Wrath can continue to be um, a major status event. Um, I understand why he doesn't want to make it. Yeah, he still could. You know, one thing that we have to look at though is is if the Rose City Wrath does end up happening in July, um, Oregon has legal fireworks. Um, <laughs> yeah. I know that for many years, I look forward to visiting my family up in Southern Oregon every year. In fact, uh, there are years when I put one up and put you know like a thousand dollars worth of quote safe and sane fireworks. Or one year. I was setting off fireworks for three and a half hours straight. Oh, I had so many fireworks I set off that I ended up, I, I like my eyes were smoked out. My throat was sore. I ended up getting one of my younger nieces to actually go and finish uh, fi- lighting fireworks because I couldn't handle anymore. It was, it was amazing. So that's uh, one thing to look forward to is a, a tournament up in uh, July in Oregon. Uh, lots of fireworks and, and all that fun stuff up I mean, there. So uh, silver lining, if the season stays the way it is right now, uh, and Anna Eastman takes second, isn't that cool? Come on, uh, for context, right? <laughs> for context, Anna is the, is the woman I played at uh, Riptide GT uh, on my second round. Uh, <laughs> and, um, so, oh, did Al- nice. Oh, yeah. See, so yeah, she takes second yeah. for the year, right? Wouldn't that yeah. be awesome? Uh, I'm into that. <laughs> In fact, there's a, I was going through the rankings and there's, you know, all your favorites are not where you would think right now. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and that might just be the last time, like that might, it could possibly be the only rankings for the year. <laughs> well, you know, one thing I noticed was that Matt Beasley, he's in first place with 478 points, but he's actually listed twice in the rankings and so the points that he got from the uh, LVO team tournament are listed under a second name. So when you add both of his scores or all three of his scores together, he doesn't actually have 478. He's already sitting at 660 points for the year. So he is way out in front as far as that goes. So it's going to take some work for anybody to catch up to that at this point anyway. So uh, good on him. Good on you, Matt. Good on you. Well, I mean, just because the actual event gatherings are being canceled. There are some things people can do to get tournaments going. Uh, One of the big things I've seen going around is you could run tournaments as leagues, which is basically a tournament run over a long period of time. Yeah. So we can run leagues. I can, I'm down for that. I'm down for running a league of a hundred players over a 30 day period in my house, one game a day. Right. And uh, all of them, you, you you wouldn't need uh, thirty days. You would you would need for a hundred players. You could do it in like oh two games a week over three weeks. Get six games in, seven games in for a hundred players. So you do, and you just need to make sure everybody meets up, gets their pairings, plays for the day, goes home. And the uh, the the only thing is like assuming we're still in quarantine, right? Maybe we should do this over virtual. Like virtually <laughs> play your league games over uh uh what's it called like a ta- uh, tabletop uh, ver- yeah tabletop t- simulator table simulator oh man the tabletop simulator you know i remember when that thing came out a couple years ago i thought it looked really cool i figured that somebody at some point was going to go ahead and put warhammer models in there from my understanding 
almost the entire uh, Age of Sigmar, like several major Age of Sigmar armies are available. But I'll be honest with you, I don't know anybody. I know zero people who have actually used or played with that thing. So while it's something that's out there, uh, I don't think it's realistic, um, though we, we, of course, can joke about it. I think it, what is more realistic, though, in the short term, um, you know, maybe not in the next couple of weeks, but probably over the next three months or so, is really firing up leagues. I mean, um, you know, we were joking a little bit about, you know, the uh, the league at Jeremy's house earlier. But very realistically, I think this is a way that we can still get our competitive gaming on. Uh, Alex, what do you think? How would you approach a league um, in this time, sort of the... Uh, the, the age of social distancing, as it were, league. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, there's a lot to talk about there. Um, there's many different ways you can go about a league. You know, I really like the way that your original uh, league worked in that slow grow league that you've been doing for the last several uh, weeks and months. However, you know, that one, you know, it's multiple games, multiple people, multiple, you know, it's a small gathering of people. So in this day and age where we want to try to avoid that type of thing, um, there's actually a 40k invitational league in our local Portland area for uh, for 40k, of course, um, that's been working relatively well uh, for the last couple of months or last few months. And uh, it is something that's a lot more independent. So the, uh, there's like a you know, small group of say three to four people who set up the league themselves and they set up an Excel spreadsheet or a Google doc spreadsheet with um, you know, four different pods filled with about 12 players each. And uh, each player needed to get one game in a week for the entirety of a month. And, um, you know, they both had to, you know, they had to record their scores for within the pods and then they would be able to progress to the next pod month by month. Um, and, you know, kind of have a tiered system there. And, uh, you know, the way that they were able to be pretty successful is to have a lot of communication through both the Facebook group and through Discord. So, um, and, and with that, you know, everyone's contact, there was two main documents that were in two separate um, Google Docs for all the individuals in this Invitational League. One document was that pod structure uh, that I mentioned with each kind of sheet being a separate pod. But then the other uh, uh, document was a complete contact list of each individual and their telephone number and their email address. So if you needed to get a hold of them or if you needed the email to coordinate with them, you could do so. So um, with that, it wasn't a group of people. It was just, you know, oh, I'm playing Garrett this week and Garrett and I are meeting at, at his place or at this store. And, oh, next week I'm going to Jeremy's house and I'm going to go play in his dungeon or this or that. So you know, that, I think that that kind of format could be helpful now, but it'll almost all have to be garage hammer. So unfortunately, it does kind of rely on everyone kind of having a gaming space or most people having a gaming space. You know, some years ago, I was involved. Uh, Mr. Grant Vandenbosch in the Bay Area here was running 40K leagues, much as you described. He, you know, start off with pods and then you'd get games in against everybody in your pod. And once the pods were determined, determined he would separate them into a master's and a junior's league. They would kind of pay, play more of a, uh, um, a single elimination ladder. Again, all garage and single game setup. So I think what you just described there, Alex, is actually a really great way to go, go forward right now. Yeah, I can't take credit for it. But I mean, it's something that's very helpful. Maybe it's a business for Jeremy in the making where he can rent out his dungeon specifically for people who want to get games in, especially for a league. I I will never dis desecrate my dojo with uh, monetization. <laughs> 
Okay, it's not a fucking dojo. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, it's somewhere between the dojo of iniquity and the uh, <laughs> the den of, um, well, uh, maybe I shouldn't say that on the podcast. <laughs> we'll just call it the dungeon of iniquity then. I don't know what you're talking about. There's hardwood floor in the ground. There's hardwood floor in bo- above you, uh, basically. So it's like a dojo. It's exactly like a dojo. <laughs> He's got a closet full of cleaning supplies. He's got, you know. Yeah, but what about the bamboo canes? That's all I'm saying. Oh, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm keeping those for really special people. I already told him. I already told him about the chains, so that's fine. I mean, I've only been there once, and when I went there, what I saw was our poor friend Matt got his face slammed into the table. So uh, I don't know. I was frightened <laughs> to play in there myself. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. It's um yeah, he's got he's got the works, man. It's his little torture dungeon. Um Hey, hey, it's only torture to you. It's great for me. I'm enjoying it. Um every time I go down there, my dice go the exact opposite way that they do in every other Oh instance. come on. Come on. It's not just your dice. You just make terrible decisions and you learn from them and you do better during the tournament. There you go. See what he's not telling us is he's got a he's got a uh, asbestos in those old walls and and you yes, inhale that's, the asbestos exactly and you is. start making poor tactical decisions specifically when you're in there. Yeah, yeah, I think you've been misunderstanding of asbestos works, man. It takes a long time. Yeah, <laughs> it's just I, I wouldn't worry about that too much if if you're if you're seeing things in there. It might not be the asbestos in the air. There might be <laughs> yeah. a little something else going on in the uh, the dojo of iniquity, as yeah. it were. I'm, you know, I'm, now, I'm pumping you whiskey. That's what's happening. I, I will say, uh, I myself uh, have been watching your live stream lately, Jeremy. And uh, I got to say that the GUI that you just came up with, the interface, you've got a really clean interface for the games that you're streaming right now. Real easy to see what's going on. And I'm liking the third camera perspective where you got a little bit of a uh, camera on the room and all that so we can see what, what the guys are doing, what you're joking and everything. Uh, keep it up. That's actually really fun stuff. Yeah, I have to say that the third camera was like when I first watched you stream and you had to turn off the third camera to help the frame rate or whatever. The third camera is my favorite camera. It actually makes it feel like you're in the room and you can kind of like be there and experience the table. And it gives a nice shot of the table that you can't normally see from like top down. I really like that camera. Yeah, yeah, I bet, I bet you oh, like thanks, that. Guys. Yeah, I really <laughs> like that camera, man. That angle's the best. Even that 4K, that 4K like, camera, the whole room. You never know what's going to happen. I, I'm uh, I'm trying to figure out a way if there is a because I want to install two ca- two more cameras that like over kind of like face the players playing and figure out a way where it can switch off the camera source based on who's talking. Oh, so that way, yeah, you have an angle uh, of like who's talking. So you can see. I mean, it would be nice. I'm trying to figure. Uh, the problem is I'm using a, a Linux machine to stream downstairs, so that's going to be a challenge. Uh, I'll just say, as somebody who uses Google Hangouts a lot, don't. Do that. <laughs> Do not do that. Yeah. I, I, what you really need is a director. I mean, if you had yeah. a third person doing the camera shots, doing the directing, then I think that that would, would go pretty well. Uh, if you're relying on the automated stuff, it'll be like 80% will be okay and 20% will be, oh my gosh, what just happened? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like when you have two people talking over each other, it just jumps back and forth and it's like, yeah. And let, don't oh, don't yeah. have it be automated. That's, that's why you have that's why you have the room cam. Anybody anytime they're supposed to pick up like two people speaking, it's supposed to go. To, anyway, I was that that's what I was envisioning. I don't know if it's gonna happen, guys. You should you should come watch the stream. Uh, Alex is gonna swing by this week again to uh, 
I don't know, probably win or not and complain about it. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna give him the I'm gonna give him the cabrona virus. So yeah. are, are you going to start turning on your stream just during the day so we can just see your dogs and watch you paint and just hang out with you during these troubled times, Jeremy? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. But your soothing accent will put them at ease. Oh, my God. Yeah. Every time, you know, let, let, uh, for context with the audience, every time I turn on the stream and I get to see myself on camera, I'm like, I could lose like 40 pounds. I need to lose 40 pounds. <laughs> uh, that's why I hate that third well, camera. Normally, <laughs> normally I would say you're more than welcome to join me at any time, but I mean, we're not even, I'm not allowed to go to the gym right now. Oh yeah. 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 It, the, part of the problem is that you're hanging out with, with Alex. You know, Alex is a very, uh, shall we say very fit and well put together individual. Uh, probably <laughs> 80% of us gamers look a little chubby standing next to uh, old Alex there. So I, I feel you there, yeah. Jeremy, you know, you shouldn't feel bad. You're, you're just representing the, the average gamer. As you oh. 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 I want you to know, John, there's nothing average about my girth. All right. Lordy, <laughs> Lordy, we are, we are covering oh. all the bases today. Gauntlet thrown down. I see. We we found the uh, Le Bogeyman sensitive spot. <laughs> I would not be like the others. <laughs> I'm very fortunate now that Rosie Rath got po po postponed because in, in the current climate within the four of us, I, I would, don't know what would have happened. Um, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, but for the idea of leagues, uh, uh, does... Garrett, on the East Coast, do you guys have any idea about what you guys are going to do to mitigate any sort of difficulties here with events? And uh, do you guys have any interest in doing any sort of leagues or any sort of other stuff outside of the tabletop simulator? Well, I think we, we tried to set up a league um, earlier and six people signed up. And they, like I think people are still trying to figure out they're still going off of LVO and trying to jump into events and stuff like that. And, but now with the game stores uh, closing their gaming spaces where a majority of our people played um, it's, it's becoming a little harder. I think everyone around here is, I mean, I've said this before, we're just kind of putting on pause. I think we're going to see how things play out for the next two weeks or something before we can make any decisions. But I definitely would be, if things continue much past, these next two weeks or something, I definitely am going to probably try to say like, Hey, let's all just play a 16 or eight man tournament over three weeks and just play once a week at people's houses and just do that. There's, you know, we set up our first round pairings, you know, on Saturday you have until like, let's try to get play, you know, we all know each other. So just play in somebody's basement or whatever and uh, get your first round pairing done and then go on from there. And see if, like, in a three-week time, get an eight-man tournament. See how it goes. Okay. Okay. I think that that's going to be... That's how I would run a league. Just literally run it like a normal tournament, but just have it take forever. Yeah. Okay. And I will also say, on top of all of this, with, with mitigating the effects of quarantine and everything like that, you know, we talked a little bit earlier, uh, uh, Garrett, you yourself actually mentioned that, of course, we all know Adepticon has been canceled. But the cool thing is that um, not only has there been, of course, the uh, electronic or the live stream Warhammer preview for everyone from Games Workshop on two separate dates, uh, I believe next week. But on top of that, 
there's a hashtag that's trending on Twitter. It is, um, oh, bear with me one moment. I just had it up too. Adepticant? No, it was actually Adepticon from home. Uh, uh, okay. And a lot of people are trying to like get stuff together and hobby progress and talk about stuff. And of course, also watch the live stream. Uh, and, and the hashtag Adepticon at home has been, um, has been popping up quite frequently on my end. Yeah, that's great. Got to get in where you can fit in, right? Get in where you can fit in. Oh. <laughs> Truer words are rarely said, actually. Oh, yeah. no pun intended. That, we're going to be repeating that a few times on Thursday, apparently. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, you know what? That's interesting. Maybe we should uh, – you guys have been streaming some live uh, RCW – uh, game, practice games. Maybe this weekend you could do a little RCW live simulation for us. You know, maybe find uh, you know four or five different people to play over the weekend, stream those games, play through the five missions of the RCW, and we can all kind of uh, you know remotely watch and enjoy as if we were uh, attending the tournament. That's true. Hey, that's a good idea. Thanks for that. That's a really good idea. Look at you planting seeds. Uh, if I just wish I could participate, man. I I tell you guys. I am so bummed. I was, you cannot believe how excited I was to go up to, uh, to Portland, to see you guys, to, to revisit the city, to show my wife, Donna, uh, Portland for the first time. She's never been up there. Uh, really one of my favorite places to visit is the Portland area. Uh, and of course having you guys up there just makes it that much more enjoyable. So I was, I was for one, looking forward to uh, a really amazing weekend. This was going to be my weekend of the year. And, uh, Instead, I'm going to be, you know, sitting at home. Maybe I'll pull some weeds in the backyard or something. Uh, yeah, I understand that. I understand that. Uh, but the good thing is, uh, despite all these challenges and difficulties, we also do have a unit review for everyone to uh, take a peek at. And for our unit uh, review tonight, we have uh, one that is an incredibly old model, but it is from a uh, very new book. It is from the Seraphon book, and it is the Saurus Knights. You know, these are mounted on cunningly predatory beasts known as cold ones, <laughs> as the description says in the app. You know, it's a very, very old model. You know, they, they kind of have some interesting ins and outs here, but, uh, you know, we have a brief description of them. They're lizards on lizards, so... You know, yo dog, I heard you like some cold bloods. Uh, John, can you tell us a little bit about how Saurus Knights are in terms of their war scroll specifically? Sure. Well, Saurus Knights, I mean, uh, I, like so many people, have my eye on Seraphon. Uh, I'm not afraid to admit that little boy Johnny gets excited by dinosaurs. And so dinosaurs being ridden by lizard men. Yes, give me more. I like this. And uh, as I mentioned, I have every intention of uh, borrowing our good friend Paul's uh, Seraphon army and taking it for a spin or two uh, once the old quarantine has been lifted. Now, when I look at the war scroll of this thing, um, I, I don't see anything. You know, I see what I consider like a normal cavalry unit. You know, depending on your weapon choice, you're either going to get a 3-3 or a 4-3, two attacks, uh, you know, one inch range, which was kind of surprising on their spear, one damage. Um, the mount, nothing special again, five fours, three fours. I'm actually expecting better stats out of mounts nowadays. Some crappy ass horse will uh, hit you harder than this dinosaur will, I think. 
And then, you know, we get down into the war scroll and it's all the things that I would expect. You know, the, uh, the alpha gets an extra attack. Uh, we have an icon bearer that is a minus to your enemy's bravery. Uh, we have a reroll charge mechanic with some drummers, so typical musician there. And one interesting thing is when they do charge, they get one extra damage on the spear. Now, the spear is normally one damage with two attacks that takes up to two damage. There's no rend on the war scroll. So, I mean, yes, these seem like average and decent cavalry. And, you know, I think they're coming in at like, what, uh, under 200 points. So, I mean, I, I don't know. What am I missing, Garrett? Why why would I get excited about these? Why wouldn't um why wouldn't I just want some dudes on horses? So a couple of things. Um their jaw attacks are actually better than most horses. Most horses are fours and fours. Uh the elite ones like juggernauts and stuff go to threes and threes. So two attacks at threes and fours are actually pretty decent. Um and that's uh, about where the buck stops. Uh, like that's about where it stops. Like I'm gonna say, you're saying like they look decent cavalry. Honestly, as cavalry, this war scroll is kind of crap. Like first of all, the one big thing that I noticed is the charge ability for the war spears. Most other units that have these things buff two different abilities. Like black knights do damage and wound roll. Uh, griff. Uh, the demigriff knights do the rend and damage. Like they usually buff two different stats. These just only increase damage. Like they don't also increase the rend. They don't also increase the wound roll or hit roll or anything. It's just you get a damage. That's actually probably the worst charge ability of any cavalry in the game. So they are kind of really unimpressive when looking at just the straight war scroll. But whoa, whoa, Garrett. Jeremy. <laughs> I mean, like when just straight war scroll, these don't look great. They're only an eight inch move. So are skull crushers. They have a four up save. Skull crushers have a three up save. Like Demigriff Knights have a three up save. They're not particularly fast when yeah. it comes to cavalry. Um, two wounds a piece. That's necessary. If you have less than two wounds, then what are you doing as Cav? The four up save is at least better than what they used to have at a five up. But like their attack profile is two attacks at a four, three, two damage on the charge and two attacks at a three, four. It's, it's very unimpressive for a hundred points for five. That is, that is 10 points of wound. That's the liberator status. And they're honestly almost worse than liberators. Yeah. Uh, you, Garrett is bringing some valid points about basically every source war scroll in the book. Knights uh, specifically, because I think knights, if you look at it just in a vacuum, you realize very quickly, like, what the hell is this good? like why is this good like where is this like is this good at all uh in comparison to some of the other war scrolls in you know in in comparison or even to the book itself because at least source warriors are they get like if they run the blades they get an additional minus one rend uh if they run the spears they get a two inch reach uh you know i, I think the source warriors also fall into that category of arcanut company where they're 90 points for 10 four up saves i guess the one thing source warriors get is they're actually pretty cost efficient. Yeah, least. source warriors are pretty cost efficient. You know, remember Arcanauts are only five up save. Source warriors are four. No, four up save. No, Arcanaut companies are now four no. up saves. Well, I've been playing those at five up save. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise, audience. Um, the uh, uh, I was going to say about the uh, source, the source knights. So it's it, and just really about any source uh, war scrolls. It's about the heroes and it's about the battalions they basically design i think the the source to be the workhorse of the book 
but they design them to be a synergistic like unit. They have to be buffed and they have to be uh, uh, utilized like kind of uh, in the way I would say like in a in, in a symphony. Uh, so Seraphon's very much like for when it comes to uh, the Saurus Knights playing a very much like you have to be a very good maestro of how you play them. And I'll give you a context of what I'm talking about. So firstly, um, they get buffed with plus one. They can have exploding sixes to hit uh, when they hit with uh, Scar Veterans, which means when the uh, Scar Veteran rolls a six to hit, it generates an additional hit. Additionally, um, the, basically the Star Priest, which is the, uh, sorry, the Skink Star Priest, has the ability that it can pick a Seraphon unit or Holy Ring 12 during the hero phase and give it... Um, Wound, wound rolls of sixes cause a mortal wound on top of normal damage. Now, obviously, you can put that in any Seraphon. Um, but the the real advantage is Source Knights have one thing, and one thing that is very impressive is they have a shit ton of attacks. I mean, a literal shit ton of attacks. Most unit, most cavalry units get three to five attacks, and Source Knights get five attacks. Which well, well, Jeremy, what's the difference? Like that's not a huge improvement. Well, if you play them as coalesced, they automatically jump from five to seven attacks. So coalesce is the two the Seraphon diversion to diff two different armies. Coalesce is the non. It's like the ones which have been living in the mortal realms for longer. Starborns are the ones which just came out of the temple ships or still live in the temple ships, basically. So coalesce are like a little bit more feral than their Starborn brothers. In a coalesce army, not only are they um two extra attacks for each source knight there because they it increases all their jaw attacks by one and technically the mount has a jaw attack and then the rider has a jaw attack so two oh, extra attacks. that's why there's two jaw profiles yeah and then on the additional mechanic too is in a coalesce army uh they benefit from a minus one damage taken for the entire army so a source warrior a source knight is actually effectively you know, you could think of it as it's not a two wound model in that army. It's a three wound model because it reduces, you know, except unless you get shot by a lot of damage one weapons effectively. But the point is that like it's every damage it takes is reduced to one by one to a minimum of one. So anything that has, you know, damage two, so forth and so forth is, you know, one. So in a sense, they're effectively three wounds. You know, the you know you can make whatever you can tell me, Jeremy. But like most of the damage in the game is one wound. Well, the, most of the damage that source warriors are probably going to be targeting, sorry, source knights are going to be targeting, are not going to be damage one units. Like they're going to you're trying to use them as that kind of like your your heavy impact units. So they're going to be dealing with things that do more than one damage. Uh, additionally, you if you, you can build it around uh, the sub allegiance of the coalesce, which is the uh, Cocktail, cocktail, cocktail. I have no pronoun. I have no idea how it's pronounced. It's like a, it's a very Aztec sounding word. Uh, claw, and there's a suballegiance that gives them uh, plus one to hit if they're charging. A command ability that gives them the ability to cons be considered uh, charging for the purposes of the plus one mechanic that they get from their allegiance. Uh, a command tra trait that gives uh, a, sor a hero that uses a command ability on the source unit a refunded command point on a four up. And a relic that gives them an additional uh, a character and uh, basically this weapon that creates that generates two mortal wounds on top of regular damage on sixes to hit. So, like, the, just let's just talk about that for a second. Plus one to hit for a unit that's hitting on threes. On if you're taking the not the spears but the swords, uh, and or actually the spears are the same profile. If I remember, they're threes and threes. They're just doing extra damage. I, I feel like the, no, they're fours and three, fours and threes. 
the spears are fours and threes. Right. I'm, I'm confusing it with the uh, the Scar Veteran, which has the sword and the spear and the exact same stat line, except the spear gets an extra damage. Well, they, they call it a spear in the description, and then they call it a lance on the, the line there, too. So it's partially confusing. Yeah, I, I, I've, I have a feeling that War Scroll is going to be clarified yeah, in the fact for another reason entirely. But yeah, it's it's not exactly the great list, the, the best written one. But the idea is to generate a ton of attacks with exploding Siskis hit with plus one to hit and then with mortal wounds on sixes to wound. And additionally, you can take a Sunblood to give them uh, whatever they're... The Sunblood could target an enemy unit and then whatever your units... When or the, your units are targeting that unit, they're, they're plus one to uh, wound as well. So you could technically get two, uh, you know, seven attacks to hit on twos, wound on twos, and they have exploding sixes and they have explo uh, immortal wounds on sixes to wound. So you're just generating a ton of like, you know, a 20-man unit of those is only... Uh, about 400 points and like on that you know they're just effectively generating the most amount of like damage you can now if you take them in starborn they lose the extra attacks but they get a battalion that gives them uh, the built-in mortal wound mechanic for rolling sixes to rune if you take them in the coalesce which we talked about earlier they get an additional three inch to charge um which makes them incredibly fast because in Seraphons, you can kind of pick, like, every turn you pick your co constellation, you're being affected. It's either buffing a wizard or buffing a hero or buffs your entire army with plus one inch to run and charge. And the Coalesce army, that means those Source Warriors are charging with a plus four modifier, and they get to reroll charges. They're, they're, if You can think of them as, like, an ICBM. Like, they're... They have great board control because they're huge. Like a twenty-man unit is a big-ass footprint. That's bigger than an IBCM, man. Holy shit! Like, and those are the normal cav bases. Like, that's a big-ass unit. Yeah, it's a big. It's a thick-ass boy. <laughs> uh, you can even make them more durable if you really care to invest in it. Uh, I don't personally think it's necessary, but like you can give them plus one save. You can give them a six up shrug um, with like different two different heroes. But they really isn't coalesce already naturally minus one damage. Yeah, but you can make them a three up save with a six up shrug minus one damage. Yeah, like you can make them incredibly durable if you want to as well. Uh, you don't have to. And then have Croak give them fly. Yeah, so that's, I mean, any slon can give them fly, which I think is hilarious. But yeah, it's, you can also take a hang, a hand of glory on the skinks to get them reroll ones to hit with a spell. Uh, they're just like, they become effectively your, 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 like a huge, like you can, was what I'm looking for. You can, they're fast, they can control your opponent's like ability to maneuver and they hit hard. And that's only for a 400 point investment and like two characters. If you like, if you want them as deadly as possible, you only need to invest in the battalion, the Firelands, and a Skink Star Priest. And that's yeah. it. Yeah, you know, I think the uh, description here from Kawaddle's Claw uh, sums it up perfectly. There is no subtlety to the strategies employed by Kawaddle's Claw. Indeed, the primary concern of their warlords is to simply ensuring their frenzied Saurus cohorts direct their rage at the enemy. Yep. <laughs> there you go. I like it. Uh, I will say it is one of the ugliest models that Games Workshop still sells. I, I'm i not a big fan. I, uh, it's an old model. I kind of like it, but you know. I hate the entire model line. Um, 
I, that's why I'm a, I'm a, if I build this, I'm planning on building it. Of a, don't you, don't you dare. I'm building it of a. You're hating on dinosaurs? What the hell is wrong with I, you? They're dinosaurs. I'm, They're dinosaurs. Oh, they'll still be dinosaurs, John. They'll just be ridden by dark elves uh, instead of. Uh, oh, so <laughs> elves. Elves. <laughs> what the hell is wrong he's, with he's you, gonna do. A, he's going to do a. Sh- Aren't you a dwarfy guy? How can you get into the elves? Oh, I mean. He's gonna. Jeremy has no allegiances. <laughs> yeah, why not put prefer... dwarves on the back prefer... of the dinosaurs? That's something that makes sense. I prefer I prefer dwarves, but uh, you know if they're not gonna you know you know finish the game in the win- in the winning strategy, then I'll, I'll I have no problem switching allegiances. He's gonna go have to, he's gonna have to go through the exhausting experience of having to ask every single TO if his army is legal because he wants to make snowflake conversion no they're not even conversions they're just count as you no counts as take your lazy counts as and take yeah, it away take that oh they'll be converted they'll just be converted with dark elf models i'm just uh, easy, uh, <laughs> uh, swear to god I swear to god i i see jeremy coming to the bao with an actual dictionary look john i want to show you the difference between the word conversion and counts as and counts as like oh. handwritten in there. He has his own definition. I'm still fully committed to the art that I carried on Overlord plan for the year. I just want I, I just you know me like I have like a shiny toy sy- syndrome. Like I just like I'm sure it's gonna ch- I'm gonna buy this and then two weeks later Luminov comes out. I'm gonna buy that. It's just like ooh shiny. It's it's, it's, a, it's a problem. Yeah, shiny. Now you have time to paint all this stuff so then when we go to tournaments in the pacific northwest we'll just borrow whatever army you have yeah i'm up to like what six painted aos armies now yeah it's uh well if you you just gotta you just gotta catch them all uh jeremy and then we'll just we'll just borrow from you we won't have to actually bring armies it'll it'll be the most efficient way to go to a tournament you will have everything You just gave me an idea for the entire Seraph online, just like having them in Pokeballs. Like, <laughs> that's a good idea. I like that. Oh man. Uh, I mean, it's bas- it's basically how the Starborn operate. They, they're like they're like, I choose you, Source Warriors, by the table right yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh boy. Uh, so the one comment I guess I have is a lot of your buffs, how many of them stem from command points and how do you plan on being able to use that over multiple turns? Because one of the things yeah. I notice about a lot of these uh, builds that people have are like, I could use this command point and this command point. Look how great these guys are. I'm like, cool. So your two command points you have on turn one, you've blown your load by turn one and now you're going to struggle to do this ever again. Well, well, if I may jump in, don't forget Kawadal's Claw, he is on a four plus uh, generating a command point every time he uses one. Well, that's only the guy who uses it. Is he the one that's going to be able to do all that? Um, so I guess that's the big question is when running, I feel like that's a pitfall a lot of people can fall into is they just hear this and go, oh, I'll use all these command point buffs. And then when they play it, they screw themselves by overzealously using command points. It's uh the the general basically uses on average like two command points a turn, assuming you didn't charge, um, and then uh, the the third one is there's you only you only using at most three command points in a in a single oh sorry let me rephrase that you can most using two command points in a single phase if you didn't charge you have to use one for the plus one to hit you're always gonna get you're always gonna use the one for exploding sixes. Uh, and then if you want the plus one because you didn't charge, uh, you're going to need to use that one as well. But it's coming from the same general model. So it's 
he refund that on four up. The one from the Sunblend though works until the next hero phase. It's not just for the phase it's in because it's actually this one's a little harder to use because you have to use it during their hero phase if I re remember correctly. And uh, let me give me a five second check and mm -hmm. yeah, the combat phase. Okay, so no, you would have to use that one in the combat phase as well. So uh, yeah, I guess back to four. If it's you might as you'll use them most three if you're not you get you're not charging with the refunding of two of those command points the mortal wound on six is to win is an ability it's not a command ability so okay be, so you're you're hoping not, to save command points the first turn or two so you have enough command points to to utilize it yeah you're also generating you're also generating uh command points on a i think a five up for the star priest yeah would, would you throw croak in this list or just roll three dice every four up to get a command point well, the first list I built was like it was like a four drop list because it also includes the Shadow Strike list, mm -hmm. the Shadow Strike Battalion. So I'm, I'm running like 12 Pterodons with like a Pterodon Chief. So no, there's like almost no casters. It's like it's it's effectively like a, a melee mortal wound generation army where it doesn't depend on casting to do it since uh, Coale uh, sorry, Coalesce don't do summoning. There's no reason to take casters. Like none of the spells really like buff up your army it's outside of a hand of glory uh so there is almost no reason like uh to take like uh casters for the book spells basically in a coalesced army yeah the pterodons are fascinating we'll talk about them for later episodes they're really good unit change as well for the book i think that they're very helpful too um we're gonna have to see and be really interested to see how uh seraphon players end up uh utilizing these cool new units and these uh well not new units at all, but old units, but with revamped rules. Um, I'd love to have seen them at Road to Wrath, but there's no way that their FAQ was going to come out in time. So now that it's going to get postponed, they were definitely going to see the new uh, the new Seraphon army once Road to Wrath comes around. And there's going to be a tentative date announced soon for any of our listeners who are planning on going. So uh, we should be able to find that out just a couple of days before this recording it should be coming out just a day after recording just big fyi so um yeah we we do hope to give you guys some good news soon about that but uh in the meantime uh if you guys have anything you'd like to uh see us talk about do let us know on apple Podcasts or podbean or wherever you get your podcast that being said uh we are always going to be on frontline gaming's uh role every week and uh we hope to hear from you guys soon and uh take a listen in the next episode have a good night good night good night folks stay safe stay inside winning is not a sometime thing it's an all the time thing you don't win once in a while and you don't do things right once in a while you do them right all the time winning is a habit